0: It's Monday, February 21st, in case you forgot what day it is. Boy, and looking at the date on my computer, which is what I've got to do, or I'd forget what day it is, I realize our mask mandate here in Dane County expires in a week, miraculously. I have no idea why there still is one, but I get the feeling that Dane County will be adding... One right back, or very soon after. I uh, was telling my wife this morning. I said, "You know, I we all tend to look at the past with rose-colored glasses, as it were, and uh, and maybe that's what I'm doing. But I find it hard to believe that things would have been this politicized, this quickly, and this severely back." When I was growing up as a kid, I think a lot more conservatives would have been, for lack of a better word, a lot more mainstream in their reaction to this. And I think the same can be true for a lot of liberals. I think a lot more liberals back then would have been a lot more suspicious um, about uh, the government and about the government's role in these mandates and uh, vaccine mandates and things like that. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I I do feel it seems really obvious to me that things have become much more polarized than they were, and that's not to say that they weren't at the time but it's much more so now it's it's almost like your stance on a given issue is is almost entirely determined by what your opponent's stance is but the thing that bothers me more than almost anything is Outside of the anarchists, you know, the anarchists are wrong about almost everything, but they're right about this. They don't trust the government, and they don't care whether it's a Democrat or a Republican in there. This, this um, embrace of government by liberals in my lifetime has been really, really disturbing to me. This idea that government is your friend and government's looking out for you don't care for it. In any case, that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I don't even know what I am going to talk about today. Obviously, I've missed two podcasts. I would apologize for that except I'm not sorry and you're not paying for this. So, as I say, you get what you pay for. The reason for it is because I've been very busy with work, which is a very good thing. And I just have not wanted to lose momentum, so taking time out to do a podcast just seemed like, at the time, like it wasn't the right move. I'm still hard at work, but today it seemed like, okay, I can afford to, to do this, especially since I've gotten a lot of work done already today. And as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go back to it for an hour or so, and then I'm going to take the afternoon off because my kids have the day off school. And they should be, as I'm doing this, upstairs watching a playthrough on YouTube of a game we got called Black Orchestra. This is a game, it's a co-op game, takes place in Nazi Germany, And each player is a conspirator plotting to kill Hitler. So, it seems like it could be pretty cool. I like co-op games. I mean, I'm very competitive. But if you... So, if I'm playing a a competitive game, I'm I'm just going to take it way too seriously. But if you... Give me the choice between a competitive or a co-op. I'll, I'll play a co-op every time. I don't necessarily like getting so competitive. And of course, those the co-op games are still competitive, but you're not competing against the other people you're playing with. Kind of the best of both worlds. That game is... I think it must have been a small game company that put it out because it's kind of hard to find and it was way overpriced everywhere I could find it. And then I put it on a wish list on Amazon and just kept an eye on it till it came down to normal board game levels, which is still pretty expensive, but it's not like a hundred bucks. So. That's how I'm going to spend the afternoon today, hopefully, uh, killing Hitler. There was something else I wanted to talk about today, and I can't remember. So I'm going to tell you, if I haven't already, and I probably have, um, but if so, we'll call it a recap. Uh, Another co-op game we've been playing, I mean, I know I told you we were going to play it, but I don't know if I reported back on it, It was uh, Dead of Winter the zombie-killing game. We've played that a bunch of times since, and it really has high replay value. Uh, And there are different scenarios, a good number of different scenarios and different goals. So that keeps it fresh, because you can play uh, games with a longer number of rounds, which means, obviously, a much longer game. Uh, And... In any case, there's always a different main objective. So in some games, you may want a lot of people who are really good at killing zombies. In other games, that may matter less. You may be leaning more towards people who have high ratings for search capabilities to find supplies and weapons and things like that. So when you have a a game that is designed that way, then you can replay it over and over and never feel like you're playing the same game in a way. Uh, So that's pretty ingenious. And really such, you know, that's one of the qualities in a lot of modern board games that that set them apart from the board games that I grew up with. Just terrible, terrible stuff. We kind of knew it was terrible at the time. Stuff like Monopoly and Sorry and I don't know what the hell else we played. My daughter is really into that stuff. She's been doing D&D, and I don't know if it's still quite the nerdy, the ultra-nerdy thing that it was when I was a kid. Um, but she is, you know, she's in middle school, and she is in game club, and they get together and play D&D every week. And she ended up getting a D&D cookbook, out of the library and she made dinner last night. It was awesome. I don't know. I don't know what any of the stuff was called, but it was she made a nice uh kind of sweet bread and uh and a uh ground beef it, it was sort of like a I don't know, it's, I guess it was kind of like a Salisbury steak but with this really delicious fig and olive spread that went over it. And then some really wonderfully spicy Potatoes that, of course, left me with heartburn. Everything leaves me with heartburn these days. One of the joys of getting old. If you were listening to my and watching my live streams that I was doing on Facebook Live when the pandemic started, you know that I was biking a lot at that point, and I have been for several years. But last year, late spring, I stopped because I have found that I just can't get as good a workout doing that. Like, if I want to get a really good workout, burn a lot of calories, I've got to be out for a couple hours. And I just don't have the time for that. So I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to go back to running. And the bad thing about running is I can't do it every day at my age. But what I also found, I went back to running and, you know, worked my way up relatively quickly to about three, three and a half miles a run, three days a week. Uh, And I was feeling pretty good about it. But then I ended up with a case of plantar fasciitis. And this was, I didn't realize it at first. I thought I could work through it. I couldn't. This was... Probably in June, maybe July. I am still suffering from this. It's still lingering. It's better than it was, but it's still lingering. But anyway, I said, okay, it looks like my running days were over. I'm just getting to an age where, you know, and I would I was getting other injuries, ankle, uh, knee pain, all this stuff. I think as you get older, it's just harder on your on your joints and tendons and so forth. So, uh sat down with a wife and we decided to get an elliptical, or it's 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 not a traditional elliptical. It's one of these things, and I cannot remember the name of the company, which is funny because it sits there staring me in the face all the time. But it's uh it's like a cross between an elliptical and a stepper. And they hook you up with iFit. So this is what they like they pitch it as um you're paying for three years of iFit and you get the machine for free. I mean, they could just as easily pitch it the other way. But anyway, so iFit, these trainers will train you in studio environments and in outdoor environments. And unfortunately, what I discovered is there aren't that many that are elliptical specific. So you can do like running ones, but it's not, it's just not really... Like, you can do it, but you can't measure yourself accurately, like on the leaderboard or anything like that, because you're not actually running. You're using the elliptical. And I have yet to see any live classes that are for the elliptical. Um, They may have added some since the last time I looked, which was a couple weeks ago. But anyway, so I've been... And you can, of course, just work. You know, you can have the screen up there with a with a track on it, like you would get, you know, those machines you work out on in in hotels and stuff. And I've done that once or twice. But I said, I'm going to try to work out with some trainers. So I started working out with uh, iFit trainer Elise Miller. Did I tell you about her yet? Um, She is an insufferably perky, pert, bubbly, woman who, um, if you, if you ran into her in daily life and she was, and she had that kind of overly upbeat attitude, you would just, you'd cringe and you'd run away and hide. Or I would anyway. And yet I find it really, really helpful when I'm working out. And so my workouts are intense, but they're not that hard. Um, because what she does, and some of the other trainers don't do this, but what she does is she constantly talks. There's no dead air. And so you're always, your mind is always processing what she's saying, not leaving you time to sit there and just think about the fact that you're working really hard and you're, and you're getting tired and out of breath. You know, Elise Miller always tells us, you don't have to work out. you get to work out. Like I said, in day-to-day life you would just you would just not want that person to be in the same room as you. Uh, but somehow it works. So I was telling you to smile. you know you'll work out better if you smile. all this crazy stuff and it works. I don't know how, but it works. so I've been and I'm doing intervals mostly. So the, the high intensity, um, you work really hard for a time, and then you slow down for a time, and you have these kind of rest periods. You're still moving, but you're not moving as intensely. And uh, it's been good. I mean, it's it's been good for my weight. It's been good, presumably, for my health, and I'm working out five days a week, which, you know... I wasn't going to do otherwise. And and one of the nice things about these high-intensity workouts is the workouts themselves tend to not be very long. So seldom, if ever, am I going over 30 minutes. It's usually, you know, between anywhere from about 22 to 27 minutes. And I'm doing that in my basement. So I can I can justify the time for that. I've been really busy, like I said, but I've been able to, to keep it that. And, uh, also it doesn't seem to be bothering my foot boy, that plantar fasciitis, you get that pain right in the center of your heel. And it's just, and it's worse at night. Like you get up in the middle of the night to take a leak. And if the first time you step on that, boy, that is rough. I don't really have anything else to discuss this week. I did want to mention that um, I have been listening to some new music. And I'm bringing this up here. We've been talking about Bach a lot. And I found this album... Now, this is kind of confusing because I found two different albums, one of them has violin, sonatas, and partitas, and then the other one is sonatas for violin, and I don't remember the instrument. It starts with a C, but it's, it's, nowadays it's played on harpsichord. I guess it was an instrument that was the precursor to the harpsichord. And uh, while I'm talking, I'll try to, I'll try to look that up. But it's confusing because you'll get, you know, you'll have sonata number one and B minor or whatever, and the catalog number on that is BWV 1014, and then you've got the violin sonata number one. But that's in Gene Minor, and that's BWV-1001. It can get confusing. I don't know. It does to me anyway. What I do is I always take these things and put them in playlists. Like if I've got an album of sonatas, who wants to sit and listen to a whole album of sonatas? Like if, you, if you're kind of doing it, like we had somebody over for dinner uh, weekend before last. And, and in that case, like, yeah, you'll put on, you know, like I put on a Mozart album. So, like, multiple things are playing because it's kind of background music. But I think that, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I like classical music, it's relaxing, and, you know, it's kind of soothing and all that. But really, and that's fine. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But really, um, sitting down and actively listening to... uh, the music gives you a better appreciation for it. And doing things like, you know, especially with sonatas, if you do just a little bit of of research and study into sonata form, then that can really enrich the listening experience because you know that there are these different sections that are designed to do different things. And, uh, And then you'll also find that, especially as time went on, composers would do things to subvert that, you know, they would really kind of push the boundaries of that form. And, uh, and so it, it, I, I just think that when you, when you actively listen, you ultimately get more out of it. And, uh, I, you know, it's difficult if you're used to listening to rock music, pop music, country, whatever, then, um, then it's harder to sit down and listen to maybe a, a 15 minute piece or a half hour piece or a 40 minute piece with all these different parts and, and really actively listen and take it all in. And in fact, you can't take it all in on one listen. You have to listen over and over and over again. And, uh, But it's, it's one of the great joys in my life to be able to spend the time discovering so much music with which I'm unfamiliar. You know, even with composers uh, whose work I know reasonably well, like Bach's, I'm constantly discovering new pieces. That I haven't heard before, and one of them is this Sonata Number One in B minor for the uh, the violin and whatever that instrument is. I guess I should look it up. So the f- the first sonata there, and again, if you want to search for it, search BWV one zero one four. That's the catalog number, and um. And it is incredible to me, particularly the first movement. It is such a contemporary sound it's um it's just incredible that that stuff that was written I don't know three hundred years ago uh could sound so relevant today. And, again, Bach wrote a lot of, most of his work, it seems, was either written for instructional purposes or religious purposes. And he really didn't need to do what he did, but it's almost as though he couldn't help himself to, to bring so much to these pieces, so much life and joy, and sometimes melancholy, and contemplation, and all this. So I highly recommend this. The version that I'm listening to is played by Terracotto on violin, and who is the harpsichordist? It's Fabio somebody. Bonazzoni, Fabio Bonazzoni, and Rio Terracado. I'm sure you can find that on your streaming services if you're interested. And if you're not, you already stopped listening by this point, so who cares? As always, I've enjoyed my time with you. It's going to be a little shaky over the next month, two, maybe even three. With luck, I'm going to have some cool stuff for you this year uh, for public consumption definitely the new Screeching Weasel album but hopefully some other things as well might not be out till next year I'm not 100% sure yet but I've been having a great time doing this been very hard work but very fulfilling work and because of that there are going to be times when I may not get to the podcast so if I miss one just say it's okay Uh, Ben Weasel's working hard to, to, um, to bring us something cool later in the year or don't, I don't care. In any case, until the next one, have a great week. Please remember, I love you all very much. So long.